right, for all of our uh, audio podcast listeners out there, we're going to have 30 minutes of music tonight. So, uh, just fast forward in your audio podcast for about 30 minutes till the show starts. Enjoy the music. Oh 
Hello and good evening to everybody out there. Today is uh, October the 5th, 2021. Man, time is flying. Hey, uh, you know, if you're listening out there on International Shortwave, you've been listening to uh, some 60s music on uh, our show, Amateur Radio Roundtable. This show is about ham radio. And we have about 30 minutes pre-show where we play some uh, 60s and 70s music, so that's probably what you've been listening to. Hopefully you're sticking around to hear the rest of the show. And it's about ham radio. If you're interested in ham radio, uh, stick stick in there with us. Uh, we'd love to get an email from you. I don't get too many emails from the shortwave listeners, but I'd really, really like to hear from you. Uh, if you could, send an email to Tom at... W5KUB.com. It's Tom at W5KUB.com. Send us an email. Let us know where you are in the world and how you're hearing the station. And uh, I would just love to hear from you. Also, if you're listening out there or watching out here tonight, uh, our show is live on our YouTube channel on Tuesday nights at uh, uh, 8 p.m. Central Time on W5KUB. channel on youtube but the best place the easiest way to find it is just to go to our website w5kub.com and click on video and chat and that'll take you right to the video and also it will bring up the chat room that we use we don't use the youtube chat room anymore we have our own uh chat room so uh if you're out there and you haven't done this before uh, i'd really appreciate it if you would hit the subscribe button please hit subscribe button that helps us to uh uh, rate our uh, rank our show and it helps uh get the information out to more and more people that are surfing youtube it helps them to uh, find us oh uh, tonight we're uh, we're gonna have a we got a lot to talk about tonight it's just gonna be glenn and me uh i think katie is still locked up from uh some covid uh uh, uh lockdown somewhere i don't know she's okay um and uh alan is working tonight so uh he may or may not join us depending on uh, if he can get back in time you know last week we were uh we tried to show remotely from north carolina and we tried out our new um our new system and it worked uh, fairly well we we discovered a few things that didn't work quite right with it uh but we're back in the studio this week and uh you know everything should work uh just like it's supposed to uh, let's see, uh, Glenn. How you doing, man? Uh, glad you're with us tonight. Yeah, hanging in there, uh, slowly but surely getting stuff cleaned off. Like I was saying in the pre-show, I have been busting it at work, and that's kind of bled over into the home time some. And I should have that wrapped up here in another week or two. I've been ordering parts <coughs> like crazy, and they've actually been coming in. So I've got some new toys coming. About the only new toy that I can show that's even close related to ham radio right now is I got me a new keyboard to play with. Oh, man, that's so cool. This is one of those old-school typewriter-style keyboards. Yeah. And it's actually got LED lights behind everything, but it has that look and feel of those old manual typewriters. All right. Well, you know, 
when you get that thing go working on some project, we're going to talk about it on the show one night. I'd like to hear what you're going to do with it there, you know? I'm going to make a <clears throat> servo-driven manual typewriter. All right. Well, great. Uh, looking forward to uh, seeing what you're going to do with it here. Hey, my friend KM4QBC is in here with us tonight. That's Jeff. And uh, Jeff is, uh, well, that's where I was last weekend. Uh, I was over in Tuckaseegee, North Carolina at our home over there. Uh, we went there after the ham fest in uh, uh, Sevierville. And uh, uh, Pastor Jeff there, my ham friend there that uh, uh, I've known now for quite a while, uh, came over and visited a while, and we made him a 40-meter antenna. He needed a 40-meter antenna, and we talked about it on the show last week. I don't know if anybody really, uh, if he came through well or not. Hey, I'm going to give you... I love going over there. I love going over to North Carolina and visiting with people like uh, Jeff and his sons and the other hams. He's in here right now, and I'm going to do this for Jeff and for Brady, and and I'm going to do about I'm going to do about 45 seconds. Not going to do the whole thing, but guys, uh, this is what uh, our front porch looks like from time to time over in North Carolina. So. Don't go away. If you don't like the music, just stick around. It's not going to hurt your ears that much, but here we go. Keyword is that much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. So I just want you guys to know that, that happens sometimes on our front porch over there, and I and I kind of like it. I'm trying to join the I'm trying to join the band there, and you know Martin Martin is down here at the college down here in uh, 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 Mississippi, and they, there's a lot of cowbells down here. I'm trying to get a cowbell. I'd like to join the I'd like to join the band there and play the cowbell. You know, you can never have too much cowbell, and I think I can handle the cowbell in here. So, Jeff, uh, Jeff, uh, uh, I'm, I'm waiting to hear from you if I can join the band. Now, that band is called, I think, the, the Three Dead Possums, and uh, it was named after I think uh, one of the one of the uh, band uh, uh, guys uh, uh, saw a couple of dead possums on the road, and they named their group uh, the Dead Possums. So, I don't know. I died. We do need more cowbell there. Okay. Sorry if the yeah, audio was too hot. The audio is way too hot. Yeah. Sorry if the audio was too hot. I'll have to uh, I'll have to work on that uh, some other time here. But uh, anyway, that's the kind of fun we have over there. We have ham radio fun, and we uh, we build antennas, and we we uh, we 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 uh, make some contacts out here on the front porch, and then we uh, we we break out the guitars and uh, have fun uh, doing that. All right, let's see. So, what am I going to talk about tonight? Boy, I've got lots of things that I want to do here. Uh, you know, it's starting to cool off now. Lynn, it's been too hot to do any antenna work. You know? It's been really too hot. So, it's starting to cool off now. 
I need to. I've got me a new 40-meter uh, delta loop I'm going to be putting up. Uh, I just shot a, a couple lines over uh, uh, a tree uh, this week. And, uh, hey, I bought me some small uh, uh, rope at uh, the Sevierville Ham Fest. I bought about 3,000 feet of rope uh, for $20. It looks like some pretty good stuff. Uh, I also have uh, some of that uh, antenna rope. I think I got a whole spool of that black, I think it's Dacron or something. That stuff does not rot. I mean, I had that stuff out on the antennas, and I'll pull it up over, you know, over a tree limb, and I'll wad up maybe 100 feet of uh uh, of the uh, rope, you know, and it'll lay there on the ground. It gets wet, it lays on the ground, and it's just as strong today as it was two years ago. The stuff just does not rot. Yeah, that's that paracord type stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's some good stuff, man. And uh, uh, I got to get out here and get those antennas put up. I, I really need to do some antenna work before winter and get, you know, get everything straightened up. Yeah, hey. I do too. The 40 meter leg on my cobweb got hit by the pine trees again. Yeah, you know, Every time hey, they drop a limb, it hits the 40 meter leg. All right. Well, it looks like I'm an honorary possum. It looks like so. I I don't know. I I don't know if that allows me to play the cowbell or not. But you know, more need more cowbell, man. Need more cowbell. And if anybody's seen that Saturday Night Live sketch, you know what I'm talking about. More <laughs> cowbell. More cowbell. You know, uh, let's see. Yeah, I think at the Akron, I think at 3.30 seconds is what I've got, a whole uh, brand new yeah, spool of a, that. Yeah, I got a roll of that stuff. Yeah, that's some, that's some good stuff out there. Hey, um, you know, we launched a balloon, and I see Hyde in here, uh, WX4HYD. And uh, thank you, Hyde, for uh, uh, bringing us down to the Sevierville, Sevierville Ham Fest last week and and uh, uh, getting us to do a talk there, we really enjoyed it. We had a good turnout for the uh, uh, for my talk, and then we went out and launched the balloon. Uh, uh, the balloon was just a small pico balloon, and we, I carried with us some um, party hydrogen. It must have been pretty bad. Our maximum altitude was eighteen thousand four hundred feet. That's where we were flying, and uh, we made it up past. Uh, we made it up past Maine and crossed into Canada, and that's the last we heard about it when it went to sleep that night. So there were storms up there. There were some storm clouds as high as 35,000 feet up there in that area, and we were only flying at 18. So I suspect that we probably uh, got water on us and we came down. But, you know, one of the things that uh, one of the things I'm going to do is it's been on my mind a long time. I want to break that glass ceiling barrier for Pico balloons. You only have a couple options out there. You can fly the cheap Chinese balloons that fly about 24, 28,000 feet. That's one balloon. Or you can buy an SBS balloon, which, which costs about $170 each. And that SBS balloon will only fly as high as about 44,000 feet. That's the maximum. And what sets the maximum, uh, uh, sets the maximum height there is the volume of that balloon. And uh, uh, once that gas uh, uh, gets to super pressure and that balloon can't expand anymore, then it floats at that altitude. So there's nothing else available out there. Now, true, if you had, you know, if you wanted to spend, you know, 
a thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, I'm sure you could find something out there that would would fly higher. Yeah, used weather balloon. A weather balloon will not work for this application. You cannot use a weather balloon as a floater balloon. A weather balloon is uh, latex. I've talked to the companies. They're also made to uh, uh, deteriorate uh, with uh, UV light. So they're supposed to destroy themselves very quickly. And a weather balloon will just keep going up and up and up until it, it, it uh, uh, expands so much it pops. That's what I was saying. I used one. Yeah, I used one. Yeah, and I have one here. So... Weather balloon is not the not the uh, way to go here. But guess what? You know, mylar mylar balloons seem to be the best. They don't leak. The gas just does not leak through the mylar. It doesn't leak through the uh, goodbye it. Uh, it doesn't leak through the uh, mylar. And um, so, but the mylar balloons have, have been very small. They're like three foot diameter balloons and that's that's where we're only going to get about you know 25,000 feet so um i've been looking for material and you just can't find it out there we and everybody that does this has been looking for years but i think i've kind of hit the jackpot you know mylar is mylar is what we need this is very strong. It doesn't really stretch. It'll hold the pressure. Uh, and uh, the gas won't leak through it very much. And it's light. Uh, again, the Mylar balloons are only like three foot low altitude. So uh, I have found, look at this. I have found. These are Mylar sleeping bags emergency sleeping bags no way this is a mylar emergency sleeping bag and guess what this bag is seven foot long and about 66 inches in circumference so this will make a fairly good sized balloon and uh the weight is perfect so we're going to be we're going to be experimenting with this but guess what tonight i found an extra large Mylar uh, blanket that is not only seven feet long, it's uh, 144 inches wide. So it's going to have about four times the volume of this. So I think, and putting the calculations in, we might be able to easily make us a mylar balloon that could fly maybe in the 65,000 foot range. Cool. I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to get in the I'm hoping to get in the, the low 50s and break that glass ceiling of that SBS but I mean I we could fly 60. So one of the things I'm going to try to do over the next few weeks is get another tracker going and built and uh we're going to launch we're going to launch a sleep sleeping bag. We're going to launch a sleeping bag. Now the weight of the sleeping bag is equivalent to the weight of an SBS balloon. So it's it's good as far as weight. It's good as far as strength. So uh, we're um, we're real, uh, I guess, happy that we found something that might work. So that's going to give us something to do the next couple weeks uh, out in the shop. Um, yeah, called uh, space blankets. Okay, I have to look that up. Um, the uh, the uh, blanket itself. The uh, first of all. First of all, this uh, this sleeping bag 
is almost identical size of an SBS balloon. So it should fly at about the same altitude as an SBS balloon, about 43,000 feet. It's lighter, and it's about the same size. It's a couple inches a narrower. It's a lot cheaper. And guess what? This, uh, this is a, a, about a $1.50 versus, versus uh, $170. Now, people have been trying to find something that will work for years. Nobody's been able to do it, but I think we may be on something here. The uh, the the large blanket, the seven foot by uh, uh, hundred uh, by uh, what I say, hundred forty four inches width. Uh, that's uh, that's about six dollars and a half. So it's still very reasonable. I ordered some of the large blankets tonight, and we will. Can you uh, seal those blankets together, or how do you do that? Are they? Yeah, they and just like on just like on major commercial balloons, they tape the seams. And I've got some oh, very okay. good tape here. Uh, if you tape a seam, if you put two seams together this way, and 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 well, and and tape it as it expands it kind of like it, the, the tape will peel off kind of like you're peeling tape off of a a roll of tape you know it just it'll peel off so you can do what you can do a butt splice where we put these things together and then a strip of tape down it and and that is probably got more strength in it than the mylar itself has wow. so uh we're gonna we're gonna do that uh we'll, we we may just you know may try to tape it inside and outside Although one side is, is, I think, is plenty. This is going to be exciting, guys, to see if we can do this. Nobody else has done it before, and uh, we like to try to do things uh, on on the show here first, and uh, um, and just wish us uh, wish us good luck on that. You know, sounds like fun. Yeah, you know, the higher we go, you know, in the loom, uh, they fly at 60,000, uh, probably 60 or somewhere in that area. When you get up into 60,000 feet, though, the problem is you have very little wind, almost no wind moving at 60,000, 70,000, 80,000. And that's, they like that because they can put that loom up there, and that loom will kind of stay in position for days just because... Uh, there's no wind moving it, you know. Right. We like to be down where we like to try to get around the world in record time. I think our best flight around the world was nine days and ten hours. So we'd like to be down in the uh, we'd like to be down in a hundred and fifty mile an hour jet stream if we can. So you know, I don't know, but if we can get one to float at sixty thousand, uh, we'll uh, we'll take the uh, two miles per hour uh, and, and and just see how long it stays up. You know, we'll do that. Sense. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd go for the slow and just see how long you yeah. get one to stay up. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking about, okay, hey, you know, go big time on this thing. You know, build another, you know, you know, uh, hundred. You know, the the tracker itself uh, only runs ten milliwatts, but it's heard all around the world. I don't have any problem with being heard nine thousand kilometers away. Uh, and I was thinking, well, why don't we build up a little. Uh, 100 milliwatt amplifier and put on there but you know what that's just something that go bad and if the if the 10 milliwatt is being heard around the world i don't need to risk the flight with a, an amplifier on there you know so uh you know we will uh we probably will try to keep it to uh 
you know, down to the more minimums, I guess. Somebody asked, do you have to get permission to launch? No, you don't. Uh, all our flights are uh, flown under uh, uh, FAA regulations uh, 101. So it's actually called FAR, Federal Aviation Regulations 101. We have an exemption, and you can fly. Uh, these balloons with a payload up to two uh, six-pound payloads uh, without having to uh, get any permit or anything like that. So, uh, and of course, our tracker weighs in at grams. It weighs in like 20 grams with everything, so we're nowhere near six pounds. on our last big high-altitude burst balloon that we knew was going to come down and we recovered, we did file a, a notum, which is notice to airmen. We did file a notum with the FAA. It was not required to uh, do it, again, because of the weight. Uh, but I was going over Memphis airspace. Memphis airspace is really, really congested. Uh, it, it's pretty solid for, you know, 30, 40 miles in all directions around Memphis. And we basically flew over at Memphis Airspace. Uh, so we did file a, a notum. Again, it wasn't necessary. Some people say we should not have done it because if we do it, then they're going to start expecting other people to do it. So, but anyway, I wanted to kind of be safe. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I wanted to know it was up there. And this this uh, that last balloon we 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 launched too. It, it was it it was not a small deal. It had a, a pretty good. Uh, it had a two pound uh, a payload on it. And guess guess the size. The size of that balloon was twenty five foot in diameter when it uh, when it exploded. Uh, and uh, it came down sixty five miles later. Uh, uh, Crossed two states and went down sixty miles later. And uh, we were there waiting on it. So, uh, so that's kind of what uh, one of the things I want to do with uh, with our uh, balloon flights here uh, coming up this winter. And, and another thing, the best time to fly these Pico balloons is in the month that has an R in it. That would be uh, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. And that's because those are more of the winter months, and all the storms, the big storms, are below the equator. We'll be flying around above the equator. Summertime, those storms move up above the equator, and those storms can be 35 and 40,000 foot high. And that's why I, that's why I want to fly at 55,000. And that's that's our goal is to try to achieve something like 55,000 there. All right. So, what do you think, Glenn? And I'll, I've got something else here. We'll pull up here in just a minute. I'm thinking fifty thousand feet would be perfect. Get I, a little bit of the wind and above the storms. And yeah. Stay away from the icing, and you should be fine. Yeah, I, you know the fifty-five would be good. I think we'd get a little bit of wind, and I think we'd be above nearly every storm out there. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Let's see, what do I have? Let's see, I got something else here. Uh, let me see what I've got. Let me look here. You know, I want to talk a little about antennas tonight. And um, I like wire antennas. 
Uh, I used to have a tower up. I had uh, I had 80 feet of uh, rock tower up. All types of beams, antennas, and guy wires, and a bird couldn't fly through my yard, man. Yeah, it was just it was terrible. Winter time, I'd hear clanging, you know, clang, 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 and I'm thinking this thing is going to come down, you know. And you always worry about lightning. And probably in 30 years, I did get hit twice by lightning. And no matter what you do, no matter what you do to protect yourself from lightning, you're not going to totally protect yourself. I can just tell you that right now. No. If it wants you, it's going to get you. That's right. And especially if you get a direct hit, I mean, but basically, there ain't nothing you can do with it. So anyway, I, I use a lot here. I use a lot of wire antennas. And wire antennas are good antennas. Uh, I experiment around with them. I've got uh, several vertical wire antennas, a 3 8 wave on 40, a, five, uh, a, uh, a half wave on 40. I've got uh, a 40-meter extended double zip uh, with, uh, with an auto tuner out there. I've got... Um, some uh, fan dipoles out there for 80, 40, 20. So we've got a lot of different antennas out there. But you know what? They're, they're pretty much hidden in the trees. I don't even think the neighbors know that I've got all these antennas out there. <laughs> There's no tower up. There's no antennas outside that people see. And uh, I kind of like that. And guess what? I talk everywhere in the world that I want to talk to with wire antennas. So one of the neat little antennas that uh, I was going to talk about tonight is the 3 8 wavelength vertical. That's real simple to build. And let me bring that up. <clears throat> if I can get it here, let's see. Yeah, I mean, okay. for years, the only antenna I could get up was a vertical. Yeah, let's see. I, I don't have these in any particular order. Here's a video. Let me run this video, and let's just see where we go with this. Uh, and uh, we will see see how this goes. We put the fixed capacitor in out there and put it back out at the antenna for 3 eighths wavelength. All right, this uh, is... For the phone band, here's a 1.1. In a band where I, I designed yeah. it to operate, down around 7180. Okay, that is not what I wanted to show. Uh, let me see if I can get out of that. So, to build this uh, antenna, uh, the, the uh, 3 8 wavelength vertical, it has about a um, 200 ohm uh, match. So, you're going to have to match it some way. I, I wanted to go with a fixed. Uh, a fixed match at the base of the antenna. No tuner or anything like that. So I started off with a, a, a toroid. Uh, I wish I had some Teflon tape, but I, I covered it in electrical tape. And uh, that's, that's where we started. This, by the way, is in, uh, I think, uh, an article in CQ. And if anybody gets interested in making one of these, we can find it for you. Um, so we started out with a really, really simple uh, uh, four-to-one ballon that matches the 200 ohm to 50 ohm, and uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty simple construction of ballon. It's just uh, a pair of wires twisted, 
and then and then around the uh, around the uh, uh, ferrite core there. And let's see. There's kind of what it looks like uh, once it's finished. So you can see anybody anybody can do that. Here we are, here it is uh, being tested with the uh, antenna analyzer. The uh, Two resistors there are 100 ohm each, so I've got a 200 ohm load uh, across the, the uh, toroid there, and then we've got the SO239 connected to an antenna tuner. So you can see um, there that that toroid matches that 200 ohms pretty good. You can see it's about a 1.1 at 50 ohms, so uh, that shows that our our windings are about right on there. So this is kind of what it looks like. Uh, the toroid, and we used a variable capacitor, so we could actually tweak this thing down to exactly, you know, one-to-one -one match. And believe me, it will go down to a one-to-one -one match connected to an antenna just by tweaking the uh, uh, capacitor there. Now, and there's another view of it right there. You notice the uh, the, uh, the construction is. I guess this might be like a Bob Hile. This might be like a pine board project. You know, we used a piece of plywood though, so you know we just mounted on a piece of plywood there. We use anything. You know, back when I was growing up in ham radio. We did a lot of home brewing, and you just used everything you could find, man. Coke bottles for antenna insulators and all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. I used to build two-meter coat hanger antennas all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there it is. And uh, again, with the, um, let's see, what am I looking at here? This is, oh, I'm measuring the capacitance. Once I set, uh, once I uh, tune the capacitor uh, to uh, get uh, the exact lowest SWR I wanted, then I measured, I measured the capacitor, and with that meter there, I think it, you might can see it better than I can see it, but I think it's about 43 uh, uh, picofarads. It's What is it? 437. Okay, 43, 43.7 uh, picofarad is what the capacitor registered. So what I thought is, okay, let's take that thing out. You know, it's probably only good for about a kilowatt with the spacing. And you're gonna get moisture out there and different things. Let's put a fixed capacitor in place. Now, growing up in a TV shop, uh, you can see I've got junk boxes full of all kinds of parts, and these are called doorknob capacitors. That capacitor was it was uh, in the high voltage section of a TV, and it's probably that capacitor is probably rated at about fifty thousand volts right there. All right, so we measured, uh, uh, Glenn, you said we measured about 43 point something. 43.7. All right, so I, I, I got me a doorknob there. What's that one reading? 41.9. Okay, almost 42, so that's pretty close. So Close enough within tolerance. Yeah, so I uh, uh, put that in, in I took the uh, uh, variable out and just put the fixed capacitor in and just put this in a little simple uh uh, plastic uh, container uh, that uh, you know you, you might find in your kitchen once once you uh, get the value of that capacitor and your antenna and everything you're you're pretty much set so 
Now, I don't know what I'm looking at here. What am I looking at? Oh, that's, uh, that's the case. That's the case with it open or the top or something here. I don't know. There it is. Those, those tops kind of uh, fold over and, and latch. But there you are. There's one view of it. And uh, there's another view. It's waterproof. We have an SO239 coming into it. And we have the we have just a screw terminal for the uh, output on it. You better hope nothing ever arcs over because that stuff will melt. Well, you know, hey, if it does, I, hadn't, I haven't lost much. So, you know, the, the, the 3.8 vertical is really easy to build, and it's got great performance for a DX antenna. It's got a uh, really low angle of radiation. And if you want to find this article, you can find it in April uh, 2019 CQ magazine. And uh, this is an article written by W1JR. And uh, th this antenna can be scaled to any band, 20 meters, 15 meters. I built it for 40 meters. And uh, it's just a great uh, antenna there. You can order uh, high-voltage uh, uh, caps like this, you know, on, on eBay, Internet. Uh, let's talk about uh, the low angle of radiation here. The, uh, the 3.8 has a, a, a much lower angle of radiation uh, than a, uh, a quarter wave uh, antenna. And if you look at this picture here, you can see a quarter wave antenna. If you look at the red, uh, the, the distance, uh, reflective distance back to Earth, you can see it's pretty short distance. Two hops will take you so far. If you look at the, if you look at the lower angle, you see it hits the ionosphere uh, quite a bit further out, even past two hops on the other one. So two hops on the um, three-eighths get you a whole lot further down the road here. It has a takeoff angle of about 23 degrees. So the original build was the, the toroid there and a uh, variable capacitor. And then we just swapped the capacitor out and uh, with the uh, fixed capacitor there, you can see. Very simple. Easy to scale for other bands. You know, 20 meters only be 17 feet, 6 inches tall. And uh, believe me, uh, even at 47 or 17 feet, it's easy to go up to a tree limb. You can easily reach tree limbs at that. Run you some small wire. People won't even see this. And uh, you put your coax across the ground. Bury your coax. Uh, I do have um, a ground system and some buried radials uh, in the ground at the base of my antennas. So there you go. You can see how that antenna performs versus the the uh, quarter quarter wave. That's kind of what it looks like here. The three eighths. It's just a piece of 40, uh, 40 meter wire, about forty seven feet, just stretched straight up under a tree limb, and and you're matching. Okay, Bill says the 20-meter scaling is not right. I'm not sure how far it's off, Bill, but uh, we built it for 40, and uh, we'll just have to relook at the numbers there. Maybe an error there. So that is um, that's, uh, that's just something I wanted to talk about as far as one of the antennas I use. I think it's uh, it's a good antenna, and I have. Uh, you know, I, I run fairly high power on it. Hadn't had a problem at all. 
and um, it uh, it did cover the SWR is very acceptable uh, across the entire band. Yeah, uh, you're right. For, well, let's see. Let's see. It should be half a 40. Let me go back and look at something here. Let me go back and look. Uh, you're absolutely right. It should be about half a 40. Um, My math says 7.5 meters. Well, let's see. Yeah, I don't know why I have that there. Um, I'm not sure. I've got 17 feet 6 inches. I'm not sure why. Yeah, my math says is 24 now, feet. Now, now, this is, let me, let me think. My, I, I was never good in math or calculus or anything like that. This is a 3 eighths. This is not a half wave. Does it matter? Well, now, wait a minute. 20 meters is half of 40, so take 47.5, divide it by 2. Uh, let's think about that. Let's have a, let's have a math Does deal here. Does it matter whether it's a 3 eighths or not? It's If it's tuned for 40 and you... Turn it to 20, you're half. Doesn't matter how you get there. Well, I hear what you're saying. But I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I, guys I on the show, I've got to take, I gotta take a, a minute and think about this. Because. I manually did it on a calculator for 3H yeah. wave at 24.375 feet, which is just about half of your 40. All right, well, I have to look at that. It should be half a 40. That's what Bill's saying here. I, I, I kind of agree with you. I kind of agree. You're getting hung up on the 3 eighths wavelength. I, I, I am. I'm, I'm getting hung up on the 3 eighths wavelength versus the half wave. I know what a half wave, yeah. uh, you know. No. If 3 eighths is 47 and a half on 40, then half of that is 20 meters because the math's going to equal the same because you're 3 eighths of 40 versus 3 eighths of 20. Well, you're starting to make sense now. I'm starting. You know what? You remind me of one of my professors I had in school. <laughs> I think you're. I think you're right. So that is an error. We'll have to fix I mean, that. I've, I've we'll, done it in my head, and I've done it out on a calculator. We'll have to. Right we'll here. have to. We'll have to fix that right there. So um, I took three eighths of twenty meters and worked it out. I actually took the meters to inches, and I know I lost some in the translation there because I used thirty nine inches. Took three eighths of twenty meters yeah. at thirty nine inches. All right, so so came so, up with twenty, and then I converted that to feet. All right, so look, Bill. Bill has said one half wave on twenty meters is thirty three feet. I agree with that. But All what's right. three eighths on twenty meters? I don't know. What, Bill, somebody, you're the calculator. Somebody figured out. Trust me, my math is right. It's 24.375, give or take the slop I lost when I converted meters to inches to feet. Okay. All right, all right, very good. All right, I'll, uh, I'll work on this after the show tonight. I know you guys are right. I just got to, uh, I've, I've got to work the numbers. You got to put it set aside to three-eighths versus halfway because that's not relevant when you're getting a ratio of 40 meters to 20 it's half yeah bill says three eighths is three three eighths oh let's see bill says three eighths is right between 17 and 33 that makes sense that makes sense yeah thank you so Bill. that's 16 thank you so 
cut that in half to get you your three eighths, and seventeen plus eight is what? Twenty-five. Right. I said twenty-four point three seven five. Well, I guess if I had built this for twenty meters, I would have obviously seen a problem, right? I would have. I would have had to fix that. I would have known about it, but I didn't build it for twenty. Yeah. All right. So hey, you know that's a neat little matching thing right there. Uh, I've got another thing. I, I, start, I tried to show it last week, but then I think it cut it off uh, because the audio wasn't going through. Uh, an L match is also a, a neat little uh, tuner that will tune <clears throat> high impedance or low impedance. Um, the nice thing about an L match is uh, hook it up one way, and it, it, it will uh, tune your, your, your high impedance antenna. If you have a low impedance antenna, just turn your L-match around, feed it in backwards, go in the out and out the end, and uh, it will match uh, your low impedance. So I've got a uh, I've got a video here I want to uh, show. Since we're talking about antennas, uh, let's this is a little um, this is a little odd. I, I, I always try, and, and I'm not good like Glenn with Arduino. Now Glenn could help me automate this product. I know he could. With little stepper motors and, and an SWR thing there, auto tuner. Glenn, maybe that's something we could do this summer. We could build something like that, an auto tuner. Let me show you this. I went the old way. This is kind of like they would do it in the military, maybe in a B-29 or or somewhere, you know, in in a in a uh, airplane during World War II. Um, so um, this is an L match. That I put some little motors on, and it works really well. So I'm gonna run this, and we'll talk a little about L match. Uh, let's see. All right. Are we hearing any volume audio? Guys, we're back in the. Uh here we go. Back at the workbench today, working on a little project. I love uh, wire antennas. I try to make most all of my antennas resonant, but um, I like to have one that I can tune and experiment with. This little uh, auto antenna tuner. No, it's not auto. It's a antenna tuner I built up. Basically, it's a variable capacitor here. And we have it connected to a little uh, DC motor here. And then here's a rotary coil inductor. And it is connected also to a motor. And uh, I just put a little uh, jack here. And, And uh, basically, uh, I use just plain old Ethernet cables because uh, Ethernet cable is eight conductor. So I go there, and I built up a little control device for it right here. It's just a little box, simple box. Uh, I built this several years ago with two switches, and I uh, basically use just a little... Uh, um, discarded uh, laptop power supply anything that can give you 12 to 20 volts is what i use so so again uh, ethernet plugs into it and 
These switches are, are um, single pole double throw, meaning I can reverse the polarity. So um, I can, I have one set for capacitor, down is one direction, up is the other. Uh, this is the inductor. Let's see. I'll show you what it looks like as I try to tune it here. Let me see if I can get these closer together. You can see what's going on here. So watch the uh, rotary when I work the switch here. I'm going to increase the capacitance. I mean uh, the inductance. Here we go. So you can see uh, by uh, sending uh, 12 volts down and reversing the 12 volts, I can run the I can run a little motor uh, either way, uh, counterclockwise or clockwise. So that lets me tune the inductor. Once I get the inductor about where I want it, I can hit the capacitor and can actually turn the capacitor here. So between between uh, setting the number of turns, maybe even um, you know. Uh, half a turn, quarter turn, whatever, and a little capacitance here. I can get a pretty good match uh, to an antenna. This is just a little L network. It's uh, it's just a, a capacitor and an inductor. And uh, I'll bring coax into it here, and I'll probably come out with just a, a random long wire uh, right here, or vertical. Well, that's kind of what my um, uh, remote uh, tuner looks like and it can uh, it looks like it could probably handle uh, a kilowatt pretty easy I got good spacing on a capacitor and uh, good quality inductor there so we're gonna be playing with this outside I'm gonna hook it to about a 50 foot vertical and see uh, see how that works so we'll uh, give you a little bit more information on this later There it is. There's the uh, motorized tuner. I've got it sitting on top of my uh, waterproof cover here. Uh, underneath here, I've got all my uh, uh, LMR 400 cables come up underground in, in this box here. And uh, they have connectors and grounding bars. Sitting on top of that, I have a, uh, you can't see it, but in here I've got a uh, MFJ uh, 1.5 kilowatt auto tuner that tunes the that tunes the uh, open line here I've got that goes up to it goes up to a uh, extended double zap way up there can't see it and then on top of that I'm putting my uh, motorized tuner here to Play with the play with this vertical wire here. I'm gonna go put a cover over this to keep it out of the rain, and we'll see how it does. Bringing my power in through my Ethernet uh, connection here, in my conduit I ran uh, Ethernet uh, cables. Uh, each of course eight conductors. So 
Uh, I use that for a lot of things out here. Okay, uh, I put the uh, motorized antenna tuner out at the base of a 50-foot vertical piece of wire, and I've got the little control head that I built here. It's plugged in, and it's connected through my Ethernet cable outside. One, let's go to 7180. I like it frequency. We we talk a lot on that frequency. Somewhere around there. Okay, let's see. Now we're gonna we're gonna run the uh, inductance up a little. Watch the meter here. Coming down. Oh, it came down. Go back the other way a little. We'll go right about there. Let's hit some capacitance. You can see as the capacitor swings through its cycle, the uh, the, the uh, match is changing. So let's go to a minimum. Right, right in there. See if I can find uh, a little bit lower spot there. Coming down, it's coming down. Like we're getting real close right there to well. Well. You know what, that's not a bad match right there, actually. About a one point one at fifty ohms, so you can see the little remote control uh, motorized uh, tuner out there is it's doing pretty good. And there it is, uh, semi-waterproofed. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Just something to play with. All right, well, you can see I have fun playing with antennas. Now, Glenn? Now we wonder why your trees commit suicide on your garage. Yeah, yeah. So, Glenn, we need to talk Arduino now, man. You know, a little SWR circuit, running some servo motors, back in those. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because when I was doing my second book, uh -huh. one of the projects I wanted to use was a SWR circuit based on the AD8307 chip, mm -hmm. which seems to be what everybody's using these days. I had a pair of them waiting to go in the circuit. I took them out and put them on my workbench overnight. The next morning they had disappeared. And it took me three weeks to find them. And by then I missed the deadline on making that project fit the book. So I had to move on to something else. Found them. Godzilla stole them. But yeah. Otherwise you'd already have that circuit in hand. All right. Well, Let's do it. We got to get it together, man. Uh, that's that's the easy part. The, you know, I wouldn't use servos. I'd use steppers. Give you a little bit finer grained uh, adjustment on there. You know, you I I I don't know better. enough of difference of the motors. I probably should have motors because that's typically isn't that what you use with the Arduino, the stepper motors for most yeah. applications? Yeah. Because what what were you using? Just a standard DC motor? Yeah. With gears or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a stepper motor give you, you know, 
one one twenty eighth of a rotation step or thereabouts, depending on which type you get. Okay. All right. Well, look, uh, stand by just a second, and we'll be right back with everybody. We got a lot more to talk about tonight. Contests remotely are from the comfort of your home. ICOM has the perfect base station ready for action. The IC9700, the IC7610, and the IC7300 transceivers are top of the line and are the first choice for contesters across the globe. Robust base stations like these cut through pileups, letting you work the bands and record those contacts. Stay connected and keep your competitive contesting edge with ICOM. Heard it, worked it, logged it. Create your own band openings with the 9700. This transceiver brings direct sampling to the UHF-VHF weak signal world. It's loaded with innovative features that are sure to keep you busy. It has faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. Check out the large touchscreen, the spectrum scope waterfall, smooth satellite operation with 99 channels, and it has full duplex operation in satellite mode. The IC7610 is the SDR that every ham wants. This is a high-performance SDR, and it can pick out the faintest signals even in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The 7610 is a direct sampling software-defined radio that will change the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. It has RF direct sampling and independent dual receivers. The IC7300 changed the way entry-level HF is designed. High-performance innovative HF transceiver with a compact design will far exceed your expectations. It has RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, a large touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope. Visit www.icomamerica.com amateur for more information on ICOM radios. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed station, portable and remote, Matching your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. Our focus is on anticipating and meeting our customers' needs and providing them with world-class support as they install and use our products. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable when you sell it with no paperwork required. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. All right, and we are back. You know, I wanted, well, first, let me just say hello again out there uh, in case we have some, have some shortwave listeners on uh, 7490. Uh, out there listening on WBCQ. Uh, this show is about ham radio. That's what we're discussing tonight, amateur radio. And if you're hearing us on WBCQ on 7490 kilohertz, please drop us an email to tom at w5kub.com. Tom at w5kub.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and uh, let us know how you're hearing the station tonight. And... Uh, um, be glad to uh, get you a QSL card or or, or a uh, confirmation that you uh, heard the station tonight. 
Let me also ask uh, everybody out there, if, especially if you're new in the room or hadn't done it yet, please hit the subscribe button. We need you to hit the subscribe button uh, on our YouTube channel. That really, really helps us uh, to uh, get the word out about uh, our show tonight. If anybody out there uh, has any interesting topics and would like to be on the show or su suggest some topics, please uh, send us an email uh, and tell us what they are. Uh, we're always looking for new and uh, more things to do and uh, things to show. We're going to try to uh, make an effort uh, this winter to try to have more and more people on the show and uh, bring you a lot more variety of different things. So. Uh, Stay tuned. It's going to get better there. Just wonder if we have anybody new in the room tonight. Is this your first time for anybody tonight? If, if it is your first time, uh, let us know in the chat room. We'd love to hear from you uh, uh, if you're a first-timer tonight. And let's see. What else? Uh, uh, I've got something else I want to talk about tonight, Glenn, and that is... Remote operation, and you know, um, I tried mobile. I tried mobile operation a number of times, and uh, mobile just never was really for me. Uh, you had that big old radio mm -hmm. that sat in the middle of the, the, the seat there in a hump. I guess cars still have humps. I don't know. The big old radio. Um, Back in our day, it took a different power supply to, to, to power that radio. They weren't 12 volts back then. And well, then you had to well, put... What was that? that? That have an inverter or a vibrator. Yeah. yeah. Or even a motor generator. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and then you had to have an antenna of some type on there. And right. then, uh, then you're kind of stuck to... You're kind of stuck at... Uh, a very narrow portion of the band you've got it tuned to, or you're stuck to maybe one band. Now I did end up with the Hustler, you know, the, you know the Hustler coils for the different oh, yeah, bands. Well, I took I took the 54 inch mast pipe, uh, mast uh, rod or something, and we put a plate on the top. We had a 40 meter uh, resonator and went that way, and a 20 meter went that way, and oh, yeah. a 15 Everybody meter went straight that. up. You know, that looked really weird. You know, uh, again, you were pretty much limited to a narrow bandwidth where you had those uh, resonator uh, resonators tuned to. Uh, I tried in the last few years to put like a, a Yezu or an Icom, a late model rig in my, my 2010 uh, Silverado. I tried putting uh, a 7300 in there. I tried putting a, a Yezu 991 in there. And it picked up so much noise. And there's so much electronics in these new vehicles. And a 2010 is not that new, but it's relatively new as far as uh, the noise, I guess. They use the same noise now they used back then, I think. I had uh, I I had a I had a fuel pump that gurgled like every two seconds it gar it would gargle man and that would come across the radio man I tried everything to reduce it I tried ferrites I tried different power deals I, I tried filters uh, I tried drowning uh, nothing really was satisfactory I had so much noise. Not I had some engine noise. I had some 
other electronic noise, just different things always going on. Um, I did, I think, have the antenna down pretty pretty good. Uh, actually, uh, on my truck there, I had a, basically, I hate to say this, but it was like a CB whip. It was a 102-inch whip on the back of the truck. But I had an SGC 237 auto tuner at the base of it. And that tuner just put a little bit of power to it. That tuner would tune that, that whip antenna on any band, any frequency. And uh, I think for uh, 80 meters, I only needed something as long as 8 feet. But uh, So that would really tune up. And if I, if I went from one end of the voice band to the other end of the voice band... Once you hit that tuner with just a little bit of power, it tunes that antenna to resonance. So the antenna system, I think, was perfect. It's just I never, uh, I never was able to conquer the noise that I had. So for the longest time, I had one of those MFJ manually uh, adjustable antenna coils. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm lucky. In my Explorer, I've got an eight, uh, Yaesu 857. And I don't have any ignition noise or engine noise or anything like that. Well, that's but not that is unusual. And you know, recently, but but the I thing is, over, see, the antenna like you're talking about, I'm sure it worked well. But guess what? If I wanted to jump bands real quick, I'd have to stop the car. Oh I'd yeah. I have to go back there. I have to move the clip on the antenna. So that's why my auto antenna I thought was going to be the perfect solution for this. But guess what? Nothing was the perfect solution. It's kind of like uh, a perfect country and western song, but it was not the perfect country and western song. Yeah, I had one of those, uh, I think they called it a super tenna. Yeah. Which is, again, a manually adjustable, but I bought it Dayton. That lasted one trip, and it snapped the uh, SO239 to... Uh, three-eighths inch adapter it snapped it and that superintendent is somewhere between here and jackson tennessee now yeah well <laughs> you know so so then let me just let me just go back to my friend david allen co okay, uh, i don't know if people you, know you know, david been, uh, playing around with remote base trying different oh, i don't know if people know who david uh, allen HRD works who, who david allen co is but he said that was not the perfect country western song. It didn't have anything in there about mother or trains or rain. We'll just leave it at that. I never could get the perfect mobile system. Never. But I think I found the perfect mobile system. And I'm going to show you here. I, I have experimented around with several uh, remote connections. I tried the MFJ RigPie. I just, I was uh, part of the uh, evaluation and beta testing with the RigPi. I just didn't have time to spend a lot of time. There were a lot of things going on with that. Uh, and it was not, to me, it was not an easy plug-and-play type deal. Uh, I, then I moved to uh, Ham Radio Deluxe. Ham Radio Deluxe actually makes a really good software that can match up with your rigs and and uh, you can remote your rigs with that software now with uh, ham radio deluxo we had to run skype as a second um, 
as a second program to get the audio back and forth. So Ham Radio Deluxe would control the radio. It would do all the things from, you know, you could do anything. It had all the buttons on there. You could, uh, once you connected, you know, attenuator or select your bands, select your filters, uh, tune the dial, it would do everything. But for audio, we used Skype to bring the audio back and forth. That worked really well. It was it was really really nice. And then I found uh, uh, some software that a friend of mine uh, that I got to know well in Yugoslavia. Uh, his name is Dan um, Dan Toma, and he is Y O three G G X in uh, Yugoslavia, and he developed some software called uh, Pocket RXTX. And it's free software. Or if you want the pro software, it costs you a whopping three bucks. So it's not very expensive. I'm going to give you a little demonstration of the Pocket RX TX. And, and here, here I'm showing it on a tablet. And um, it works just as well. And I'm going to be reinstalling it and hooking it back up here. And we'll do, do more on it uh, in a later show. But on my phone, it, it, my phone ran it just perfectly. You had all the uh, functions on your phone. You can run it from a computer. And in this video, I'm, I'm going to show you. I'm going to run it from a uh, from a, a lap uh, from a, uh, a tablet. Now, now we get back to mobile operation. Everybody has some type of internet in their car or truck nowadays. And um, if not, your phone makes a hotspot. So instead of having this big thousand dollar radio in in the in the car that somebody's going to steal from you, I use now a tablet. It's just a screen, and the audio quality is just great. And it's just like having a rig there, and man, it's nothing. Now you notice I said if you leave if you leave it in your car, it's going to get stolen. I saw on the internet the other day someone. Someone left a Baofeng radio on their, the seat of their car. And, and that same night, someone broke the window in in the car, and they left three more Baofengs. <laughs> All right. That's just a joke, guys. I, I, I'm, not really, I'm really not trying to be mean with anybody who has a Baofeng. I mean, they're cheap radios. Uh, they're throwaway radios. But uh, everybody has to start somewhere. Anyway, so I'm going to run this video here and kind of show you what Pocket RXTX looks like and how it works. It's kind of neat, and it's a lot of fun to have your ham radio uh, on a little tablet or your phone. And what I've got here is uh, I've got a, uh, on that radio, I have an off-center fed 80 through 6 meter antenna. So it automatic, I can automatically go from band to band, and the antenna works okay. Uh, there so here, here we go with uh here we go and we're going to look at the rx uh, the pocket rx tx so here we go okay guys i want to show you you know i've been uh, playing around with remote base trying different uh, things uh hrd works great as a remote base it's uh, fairly complex, a lot to it. It'll do many, many, many things. 
uh, it's just a little difficult to work on a telephone or a tablet. So, but I'm still going to keep HRD and use it. But I'm also looking at other alternatives. So I'm actually implementing two remote bases. This one is called uh, this one is called Pocket RXTX by Tom Toma over I think in Yugoslavia. And we're going to have him on a show real soon uh, when he comes out with a new version. But this is what it looks like on, on the tablet. This is just a little simple uh, uh, Samsung tablet. The uh, software is free. Or, uh, if you want the pro version, you can pay $3.95. So it's pretty pretty cheap. And really, it does all the basics. I'm going to show you a little how it works. So, uh, at your radio, uh, you know, at your remote base on your computer, you need to run a program called... J-A-R-E-C, and he furnishes that free. I'm going to open that. So that opens the program, and it's real simple. It's really simple. You just set the COM port. It talks to your radio. You set the baud rate. Uh, and that's it. That's basically it. Now, since that's on, let me show you how this uh, the app works. I'm going to hit the start button. I'm going to hold the start button down and watch what happens here. I'm going to hold the start button down, and you're going to see it's going to turn on a radio and uh, turn on a power supply. Well, here we go. And we're on. It's that simple. Look at that. It's that simple. So let's do some uh, let's do some tuning here. It uh, it tunes very easily, and you can see as you tune. Of course, it tunes the radio. Okay, so if we want to change bands, we just hit the band, and we select a band, and immediately it puts the radio, it puts the radio on uh, uh, 20 meters. Let's uh, let's add a, let's put the uh, frequency in manually. So I'm gonna hold this down. I'm gonna key in a frequency one four dot two fifty. All right, and we're going to go to the upper sideband. It tells us, uh, it sends a Morse code U. Not much on 20. Not much on 20 right now. Let me go back to 40. Back to 40. 
Got a lower side of the end. So anyway, you can see kind of how it works here. Um, push to talk is very simple. You just touch a button, and if you'll notice on the program, when I touch the button, the program goes red. Let's see if I can show you that. That puts it in transmit. Uh, you got your antenna, um, antennas, antenna tuner. Uh, noise blanker, memories. Uh, you can set memories up and things like that. Now again, my box, I I'll give you guys more information. I'll give you guys more information on the box here that I built that turns the radio on and off. I'll turn the volume down a little bit. Alright, get that volume down a little bit. But uh, the box uh, I built, basically, again, I showed it to you last time. It's got an antenna relay in it. And it's got an AC relay in it. And it's connected, it's connected to the uh, serial cable. Uh, just uh, We picked up uh, Request to Send, RTS. So when I hold the power button down, it's going to turn the power supply and the radio off. I'll show you here. See if I can get them both in a picture. All right, so I'm going to hold the power button down. And it turns off the uh, radio and the power supply. To connect, it's simple. You just... That's how simple it is to connect. And you're on the air with it, so... It's a neat little program. This is called Pocket RXTX. And uh, it's a very uh, friendly little app that you can use on the telephone. Uh, it doesn't have a whole lot of buttons on it, but um, it's got the necessary buttons to uh, adjust frequencies and make calls and transmit and set noise, noise blankers and things like that. So I'm going to be using both uh, Ham Radio Deluxe when I'm on a computer and I have access to a computer. I can call into Ham Radio Deluxe and uh, make my connection that way. Or if I'm out walking or in a truck, uh, maybe I'll have the tablet with me or my phone with me and uh, I'll use this Pocket RXTX uh, to connect back to the shack and make a contact. So that's kind of what it looks like. Um, uh, again, we're going to have the developer of the software on the show real soon. Uh, he's in uh, Yugoslavia, and uh, uh, they're, um, it's quite late over there during the show. But uh, we're going to try to have him on live, and he'll answer questions, and he'll be coming out with a new um, uh, Pocket RXTX uh, version 3 uh, soon. All right. <clears throat> All right. Well... <clears throat> So guys, you can see yeah, that's a pretty, you. you know, I've been uh, playing around with remote base. That's a pretty simple little app right there. Uh, 
<clears throat> the uh, you saw uh, the I could turn the power supply actually on and off with the program. Uh, you don't have to leave your power supply on. And uh, another thing in that little box I built and designed, uh, I have an antenna relay inside that box. So when it's powered off, my antenna is disconnected from the radio and grounded. Uh, so that protects me if I'm, you know, if I'm out of town or or somewhere, and is, we have a storm and lightning, you know, uh, if I'm not on the radio, then it's turned off and, and the antenna's disconnected. So that's uh, one of the things. Now he's working on. You notice I had a computer there that rent was running the program. You'd have to leave your computer on all the time, but. Nearly everybody these days has an extra one or two or three computers. Glenn, I imagine you got some extra computers laying around. Just a few. Okay, you can leave one. And I leave. Hey, I, I leave. I leave. I've got three that are on all the time. Yeah, my mine in my office. Uh, Kathy's mine. We leave them on all the time. We never turn them off. They've been on for five years now. Uh, never turn them off. But. Uh, so uh, that box, in addition to turning the AC power off to the power supply, it will uh, uh, disconnect the antenna, which is, uh, I think, a pretty nice little feature. Now, Dan yeah. is working on uh, next generation of this, where he's going to take a a uh, a used uh, droid phone, you know, a spare phone. A lot of people nowadays ha have a phone or... You can actually buy Droid phones on eBay now for fifteen bucks, I guess. Oh yeah. But you know, he's going to take he's taking a Droid phone, and that actually becomes the computer, and he's going to use the USB port on it on that phone to interface with your radio, and you won't even have to run a computer anymore. So you can you can see how he's this thing is becoming very small, and. Uh, you know, what I liked about this when I first installed it, I, I don't have it installed now. I need to reinstall it, and I'm going to in the next few weeks. But I would go walking around my neighborhood, around the block, and I could put my phone in my pocket and use the phone, you know, the little earbud with the mic, and I could walk around the block here and make contacts, you know, uh, and, and talk to people. So that was really cool. And I think that is the way that a person yeah. needs to go mobile because guess what? Mobile, you've got a little 8-foot, 12-foot little antenna on the back of your car. But, hey, this remote base, if you're using this, you can have an antenna 60 feet up in the air in a mm -hmm. tree. And uh, when you're mobile, you're running, uh, you know, you're running a 60-foot in the air antenna. Yeah. Now, there's a question in the chat room here uh -huh. about how the keyboard's connected to the radio and where the mic is normally is connected. I'm thinking he's asking how do you connect in the, uh, I'm sure the computer's doing all the rig controlling, but how do you patch the audio into the rig? Well, the the uh, the audio, oh, okay, uh, it comes out of your sound card on your PC. You got your speaker out, you got your mic in. And uh, um, that that patches just with a cable. It patches into your speaker and into your mic, uh, in simple terms, into your radio. Uh, for instance, I'm running it on a Kenwood TS570, and uh, I actually go in on one of the accessory plugs on the back and pick up audio there. And uh, I brought the other cable around for the microphone input. You might have seen it in a picture. 
I just had a, uh, a little shielded cable coming around. I had it plugged in a microphone uh, jack. Um, so, um, you so know. You've got to have a standard sound card with the plugs, not a USB. You can use a USB sound card if you want to. You know, it just shows yeah, but up. How the, are you going to get the audio into the rig? Well, a, a, a USB, uh, uh, a standard USB. Uh, well, Okay, here, I got one right here. You're going to have to get a dongle or something. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you can use your sound card that's in your computer, or if you want to use a USB sound card, uh, here's, here's a little USB dongle, you know, it plugs in. Yeah. Yeah, and I then, and then you got your you got your audio in and speaker out. You just run two cables, and that goes to your audio, to your speaker and your microphone. So, and then, and then your, your serial cable will need to connect between your computer and and uh your radio and that's what controls the frequency and everything and, and in this application you can actually uh program different buttons to do different things so um, that's just the buttons that i had programmed on there uh you don't need that many buttons uh, and uh, when i was dem- demoing it a while ago uh, i was showing you some of the buttons and one was at&t and i called it antenna tuner that was not the tuner that was the attenuator uh, button that was uh, on there. So anyway, uh, let's see. Where's the mic normally connected? Now, when it comes to rig control, you know, a lot of rigs still use the DB9 RS232 connector, but you don't have that in computers. You have to get an adapter or something. Yeah. And if you're crazy like me and want to control all of the rigs in the shack, yep. I picked. This is actually a spare for me. I picked this up at Huntsville at the Hamfest just a couple weeks ago. This is an edge port USB converter. Yeah. It takes standard USB and gives you four RS-232 COM ports off Well, that's back. cool. That's cool. Now, in, in my application here, I, I bought a cable like that. It's a USB on one end and serial on the other, right. but not, not four ports, so just a single serial, but... You can get this, those for about this nothing. This control every rig in the shack from a single USB cable. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, let's see what they're saying in the uh, chat room here. Um, I, I see uh, our friend Tim, WB8HRO, joined us. Hello, Tim. Um, you know, with some of the... Uh, with some of the uh, newer radios, like the 7610 or maybe, I don't know if the 7300 do this or not, but uh, uh, you can almost remote control them, uh, actually, now. Uh, and, and ICOM makes the remote control software, too. You have to buy it. I think it's like 70 or 80 bucks. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you got an ICOM rig, it's, it's made for that. But uh, what I've got, I've got an extra Kenwood uh, HF rig, and... I'm just going to set it back up for my remote base again. and You know, uh, I did have a problem with it. it when I originally uh, built this and set it up, I did not disconnect the antenna. And one night we were doing the show. So we're doing the show. Uh, Walter's over here with me. And we start smelling something kind of like something's burning. So before the show, I was calling the 40-meter net. And I was running a kilowatt on my extended double zip antenna. And the remote base here uh, had an antenna hooked to it out there in the same vicinity. 
the radio was turned off. I didn't have that box built in here to disconnect the antenna. So the radio was turned off, but there was a second antenna hooked to it. And that 1,000 watts of RF was being picked up by another antenna, probably 20 feet from it, came back down and came into my 570 there. It actually burned a hole in a circuit board about the size of a dime. It took out, I think, a couple of diodes. It took out the attenuator uh, relay. And um, uh, I thought, well, I've done ruined radio. But I was able to go in here and actually repair it. Uh, and it's, it's still working fine. So uh, that's one of the nice things about being able to put that uh, antenna uh, switch on there is that it's going to disconnect the antenna. Not only for lightning protection, but also for protection when I'm running high power. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, well, thank you, uh, Tim. Uh, let's see. Yeah, they're talking about how the newer rigs have the cat and the audio. Yeah, yeah. In, it's in all USB. It's built in. Uh, the seventy three hundred, I guess, is uh, built in. It's got its own audio card built, a USB, I guess, built in the radio, and you can right. just connect a USB to your your uh, uh, computer, and you get it going. You know. Yeah, it's the same with the Yaesu nine ninety one A. All right. Well, hey, Tim says 7490 is 40 over in mid-Michigan. Now, we're not live this moment. Uh, during our live show here on Tuesday nights, that's where we are right now. This is Tuesday night. Our, our uh, show, our ham radio show, is on shortwave on Thursday afternoons. Thursday afternoons from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on WBC, uh, WBCQ. Uh, so we're not actually live right now, but uh, our show is on Thursday. But thanks, uh, Tim. Uh, glad to hear that. Um, and uh, we're happy that we moved over to the 7490. We were on 5110 and some other frequencies, and uh, it didn't do quite as well. But uh, 7490 is a pretty good uh, little shortwave transmitter. I don't think it's high power. 7490 is probably 50,000 watts or less, but, you know, with in any time, uh, uh, that 50,000 watts still does a good job. All right. Well, again, hey, everybody out there, thank you for watching tonight. Do we? I didn't see a while ago. Do we have any new people here that joined us tonight? Also, please hit the subscribe button, if you will. We'd love for you to hit the subscribe button. That really helps us. Uh, with our uh, advertisement of our, our show. So, Glenn, I, that's just a few of the things I had to talk about tonight. Um, tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'm going to post a link in here, and, and we will invite guests to join us tonight on uh, Zoom. Uh, since we've got uh, only a couple of us on here tonight. So let me post in the chat room. Here we go. I think that's it. All right, there's a link, guys, in the chat room. If you'll click on that link right there, that will bring you into the show. Glenn, I need to make sure. And I'm going to try to make you a co-host again on here right, if I can figure out how to do it. Uh, well, make co-host. Well, there you go. Uh, if anybody calls in, you can help bring them in, Glenn. You know? Sure. 
uh, in case I'm busy here. But uh, there's a link right there. Join us if you want to. Uh, we've got about about 30 more minutes. We'll be around tonight, and uh, would love to uh, love to have you. And we'll talk about any kind of ham radio stuff you want to talk about. All right. Yeah, I can't even think of all the parts and stuff I've been ordering, but it's kind of like every day I'm cruising through somewhere and I see a new idea, a new part. Yeah. And, uh, order it and get up, give me a handful of them, and I'm not having a whole lot of problem getting parts and stuff in. The yeah, I guess it must I, not affect the Arduino I, I, stuff that bad. I guess there's some parts that are just difficult to get. They uh, probably, you know. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But it seems like the stuff I'm ordering comes in just fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I order so much stuff. Oh, I've, I've had I, I order, it, It's like Christmas. You know, I check the mailbox every day because I, I expect to have a package. Now, it may have been ordered six weeks ago. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what it is. And it's kind of like Christmas. I have to it's open like it up. Christmas, yeah. I have to open well, it up to I, see what it is. I have set up a little bit differently as well my stuff from ebay of course just comes in whenever it comes but amazon lets you set up delivery and yeah. i have all of my amazon stuff set to come on saturday morning okay so anything i order on amazon so the poor amazon driver has to bring in their little you know hand truck to deliver all my packages on saturday morning yeah all right, we got somebody there. We got Tim. We got Tim, Tim up here in uh, Michigan. He's joining us. Come on, guys. Let's uh, let's let's everybody check in here with us. Give us a call. Get, join us on uh, Zoom here. I think my phone is popping the audio here. But yeah, I mean. Like I say, the winter is my normal, really productive time, and I've just been finding and ordering all kinds of parts and stuff. Yeah. Well, hello there to you, Tim. Uh, glad to have you with us tonight. And, and we're waiting. We're waiting for more people to join us. Let's see if we can't get 100 people in here tonight. Come on, folks. <laughs> I, need you, I need you to call in. We need 100 people in here tonight. But there's only 26 in chat. How are you going to swing that? Is that is that all in the chat? I'm glad to be here. Oh, very good. Hey, we're glad to have you, man. We're glad to have you. I mean, even the cats bailed on me tonight. Yeah. Well. But, uh, I've just been literally going through all of my notes, and as I say oh you need to buy this part it's like okay what can i afford this paycheck and just been getting all sorts of cool things coming in and like you say it's like christmas because i get three or four boxes every couple days and i don't know what's coming in when yeah yeah i i i i I buy little gizmos for the show and wireless microphones and stuff and little receivers i mean you know you know not real expensive stuff but i, I always have something coming in and uh, it's a lot of fun you know you the guys talked me into uh ordering that that uh, that mission three 
uh, kilowatt amplifier. You know, on a show one night, we talked about that, that KM3KM. Right. Uh, and I wanted to get one. It was kind of a, a semi-kit. It was a 1,000-watt solid-state, no-tune amplifier. And what it was, it came in in modules. You know, the, the RF assembly came together, the display came, and the, uh, you know, the power supply was all intact. And basically, you just had to put it in the case and mount the, the uh, antenna connectors to it and things like that and, and wire it together. So it wasn't a, a, real, uh, a real kit like I normally would, would do. But, uh, you know, I, I, I've got two great amp, amplifiers here. And I was thinking, you know, it's not that much trouble to reach over and tune it. And I, I started to order, but the guys, they, he wanted, they wanted uh, $1,200 up front. And then upon uh, finalizing it, another twelve hundred. So the, the the amplifier was twenty four hundred, and then you had to pay you had to pay shipping on top of that. I was going to get one, but then he told me. I said, well, "Tell me when I can get it." And he said, "Well, it, it might take six or seven months." And that was just a turnoff to me when I heard six or seven months. I. I didn't. Uh, I, I decided not to get it. Uh, you know that was probably best because, like I say, I've got a I've got a great amp here that I've got a great Alpha amp here that works great. And you know a lot of stuff's on back order, and a lot of the supply chain is really bad. You, I've been seeing on the news all those ships off the coast of uh, California. I think there's a thousand ships sitting out there waiting to come in and be, uh, you know, unloaded. I right. ordered. I ordered a, a 22 kilowatt home generator, you know, to, to have a home generator. I poured the slab and everything in July and uh, even uh, paid for it. And uh, that was in July, and it's probably not going to be here until November. Yeah. So, you know, wow. No, it's, it's, I mean, it's hit and miss on a lot of things, but. For me, so far, the stuff I've been ordering has been coming in for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the thing I love about Amazon, if if I get a product and I don't like it, I can send it back, and usually, you know, I get a refund. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're real and good on that. That's, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty nice, too. All right, you know, guys. Like I, say, I like the ability, you know, with me being at work, I like the ability of being able to control my delivery day so I'm home. Yeah. You know, I don't need a $500 radio showing up on the door, leaving it there all day. Okay. Okay. Uh, WD8IOL says he now has pocket. TXRX on his Android phone. He's already installed it tonight, you know. So cool. uh, that's uh, that's kind of cool. Uh, I don't and, know. I'm you know, I think school. I think I like the rig in the car. Yeah, you know, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think the Pocket uh, RX TX. You don't have to interface it to your radio. I think there's a button on there that you can press, and it will link it to some uh, 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 remote SDR receivers. And you can actually tune them using that pocket uh, RX uh, TX. So you don't even have to have it connected to your your uh, radio if you don't want to. You can still listen with it on a number of other uh, 
receivers. I believe that's the function. You're going to have to have some way to control it, though. Well, it, it, what it does, uh, if you don't have it connected to your radio, what the what it does on its Droid phone, it connects to an SDR, and you get to pick which SDR you want. Oh, okay. There's, there's a there's a listing. Yeah, there's a listing in there. So. Oh yeah, there's plenty. Of so you can SDRs you can pick you can uh, tune in an SDR and tune it and put it on a frequency. And that's kind of neat. I hadn't thought about yeah. that, but that is uh, uh, something that uh, is useful on the pocket uh, RXTX that I forgot about. Okay, what's well, so how he gets connected to his transceiver? Okay, well. On your trans, on your, you gotta have a computer hooked to your transceiver, and you gotta run that J A E R C. Uh, that is a, a Java-based audio. That's what that's for. And you, so you run that little, run that little app on your computer, and you have to take from your uh, computer serial port. You have to connect that with a cable to your serial port on your radio. Now, this is where it's a little bit more complex. You've got to go into your radio menu settings, and you've got to see what COM port you're using, and you've got to set a baud rate. For instance, set it for 9600 or 56K. Just set it on something. And then when you go back to your computer, you have to set the baud rate in that program to match your radio. So you would you would set the baud rate to say 56k if that's what your radio is set at, and you would um, you know select the right COM port, maybe COM port two or COM port one, and uh, that's basically how how you do it. Now, a lot of uh, PCs nowadays do not have a serial port, and that's what Glenn was talking about. If you don't have a serial port, uh, well, there's a lot of variables here. My my Kenwood TS570 has a serial port on the back of the radio. Some of the newer radios are USB, which simplifies things for you. But since I had a serial port on the back, I had to plug that serial port into my computer. And for about 10 bucks or less, you can on eBay, you can buy a serial port to USB converter. That just plugs in your USB port on your computer. And you just run a serial cable from that connect that uh, converter to the serial port on your radio. Again, match up your baud rates, match up the COM port, and you should be able to then control your radio. Now, on Pocket PCRX, there's a menu where you you have to put your type radio in because the different radios use some different coding. So. Uh, on uh, Pocket PCRX, I think in the setup, there's a place for me, for example, to select Kenwood. And once I select Kenwood, I can select TS570 and click OK. And now, now my software is set up to control my Kenwood radio. So that's what you're going to have to do, uh, WD8IOL. Someone mentioned a tailgate party over at Truman, Arkansas, coming up in two weeks. Uh, that's kind of my stomping ground. I, my, my home where I was born and raised is over in northeast Arkansas in a little town called Wilson, Arkansas, not too far from Truman, Arkansas. So 
I'd be interested to know about this tailgating over here. I might want to drive over. It would probably, from here, it probably would be an hour and a half drive to get from yeah, here to, to get to uh, Truman. But uh, it might be interesting to go to. Yeah, I, I'm seriously thinking about it. It's Saturday after next, and I've got a mountain of stuff to sell. Yeah. Well, you, you might be able to sell it there. It's time to get new stuff in the shack, but I have to get rid of stuff before I have room for new stuff. I literally have a bedroom upstairs full of boxes of everything. I mean, there's a Yesu 950 and just a whole bunch of stuff up there, rigs and projects and parts and stuff like that. I need a ham fest. Well, you know... I like, I could always find something at a ham fest that I might like. Oh, shoot, yeah, I mean, you know, three tables at a ham fest, and I'll find something on all three tables I want. I saw this uh, rope there, it's real, it's small, like a, a paracord, parachute type cord, 3,000 foot, he was selling rolls and rolls of it, 3,000 foot. And uh, I don't know how to weather. Like I say, I've got some Dacron or whatever you call that stuff, the black Dacron 316. So I'll probably put on my bigger antennas. But I picked up uh, I picked up the uh, 3,000 foot of that rope. And, uh, well, I gave uh, Glenn, uh, um, Jeff, my friend over in uh, Takasiji, some of that to put his 40-meter antenna up with. Yeah, that's good stuff. I've got that holding my dipoles up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I went to uh, a ham fest over uh, in Arkansas. Oh, gosh, this is about 10 years ago. Uh, it was a small uh, ham fest. I mean, it was, you know, maybe 15 tables or thereabouts. Yeah. But I got me a, a rotator and, you know, 300 feet of cable for like 85 bucks. Yeah. And it was one of the, it was a ham three. I mean, it, that, that thing's up on top of my tower now. Well, so, I mean, you know, we had a, cool uh, stuff. we've got, uh, oh, we got Bill joining us. That's Bill. Yeah. We, uh, um, we had a ham fest one one or two years over in West Memphis, Arkansas, in the Civic Center over there, which turned out pretty big. I thought uh, it probably turned out as big as the Free Fest that they have here in Memphis, you know. Um, but uh, I haven't gone to any of the others. I haven't gone to like any of the Little Rock or now Russellville, where I went to college over there. They have a, a ham fest every year. I'd like to get over there maybe the next time and, and visit a little bit. See the school that I went to 50 years ago, and uh, it's changed a whole lot in 50 years. I mean, probably every building over there has been probably torn down now and and new uh, new buildings put up. But I hear the Whataburger is still there. <laughs> that Whataburger was built, I think, my second year there, and uh, that was a good place to eat, man. Whataburger. Yeah, I mean, that's, like I say, I've got so much stuff. 
but I literally have a bedroom that's unusable now because of all of the boxes of stuff in it. Yeah. And I was all set to take it to FreeFest just before COVID hit. And <laughs> there hasn't been a ham fest that I could go to since because whenever I go to Huntsville, I'm too busy buying that I can't tie me down yeah. to the table Well, and me too. We don't we don't take anything anything to sell and usually we don't buy anything uh i have gone to dayton many years and came back with maybe only spending maybe a dollar uh, i know, normally have my stuff shipped you know i buy it from you know one of the big vendors and have it shipped so i don't have to carry it home and then of course the i think uh, i know the post service has had a station there. I think UPS did too, where you could just take all your stuff there and ship it out without even carrying it home. Well, let me ask you a question. If you had to describe yourself, what would it be? Oh, the shirt says it. Let me see it. You're going to have to raise up just a little bit. Let's see. I'm trying to read it. If I had to describe myself in one word, I don't follow instructions well. Uh, And that's one word. That's one word. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing I liked about Dayton, Xenia, or whatever, is you had the, the postal service or UPS or both that you could take your stuff and box it up and ship it out without having to haul it around, you know, out the gate or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mike says K eight IL says I just Tom, you just win things. So I, yeah. I'm not that I'm not that big a winner. I've won a few things, and uh, but uh, I try. I, I, the last few years, I have tried to challenge Joe Eisenberg K zero N E B to see who would win the most, and uh, that's a uh, that's a pretty big. Um, uh, a thing going on between me and him, you know, who's going to win the most? Now he didn't go to Huntsville this year, so. Um, yeah, I tried to stand in for him, and I got creamed. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Although I, I mean, I basically got my investment back um, in in winnings. I mean, I won the fifty dollar ARRL gift certificate and ordered me some stuff the other day. Yeah, oh, you know what? I think I won a couple of those. I ain't even thought about that. I need to do something with that. Um, they may have expired. They, they may have. They may have. I, You know, I'm not really worried about it, it, you know. Get it ordered quick. We bought this year, in Atlanta, we bought a bunch of tickets. I mean, uh, we've been we've been part of the ham fest there for about 20 years now. Uh, they, I think they consider us part of them yeah. and uh, really take uh, good care of us. Um uh we we uh they they give us our booth and uh they even feed us during the show we get to go behind it go behind a secret curtain and get honey baked ham but we always yeah. we always throw a couple hundred bucks uh, in the tickets just to help support the thing uh like we did this year and we know the tennis was lower this year and they were struggling, I think, this year to you know to break even. So I don't mind throwing some money in. Some years we'll yeah. throw we'll throw a couple hundred bucks in, and we won't win a single thing, nothing. And then you know one year I, I one year I won a um, uh, the uh, 
991, the uh, Yezu. Yeah. What is it? Uh, what is it? F- FT991A. Yeah, FT991A. Uh, you know, I won that. And a lot of stuff. I mean, if you think about over the years, probably the amount of money we put in is equaling what we won. So, oh, yeah. You know. At the last Free Fest, I won me one of the nice autopilot drones. Oh, wow. That's that's cool, man. You know, so that, that's that cool. was... a a very nice return on my twenty dollar investment. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, and a friend of mine won. Uh, uh, was it the FT? The 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 new Yesu HT won it in Jackson about two years ago. Yeah, well, this year I did win. Uh, I guess my best prize was the uh, FT. F, what is it? FTD? No, FTM. FTM. FTM 300. 300. I'll, uh, I'll try to show it to you guys if I can get it here. Uh, it's got such a long cord on it, the, it's getting tangled up on my chair. But it's a, it's a, it looks like a neat radio. It, I don't know. It's uh, I'll show it to you there. It's, uh, actually, it's got APRS in it and everything. I, I, uh, yeah. I played around a little with APRS the other day just to check out a APRS tracker that I was that I was going to use. Uh, I'm so far away from any APRS I get here that I can turn a tracker on and I don't know it's working because nobody's picking it up. Right. And uh, with this radio, I was actually able to turn this radio on and I could I could actually see it transmitting. So it became a piece of test equipment for me. <laughs> I mean, this year I think I did better on the swap tables with all of the odds and ends and stuff that I bought. It they had everything that I was ahead on my shopping list. Yeah. And so I mean, you know, I just got all sorts of cool odds and ends. Well, guys, we're coming up close to the end of the show tonight. Uh, we typically try to stretch it out for about two hours because that's our slot. We get on shortwave. We get a two-hour. Uh, period on uh, on WBCQ. I want to thank everybody for watching tonight and listening to the show tonight. Again, if you're listening out there on WBCQ, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, tom at w5kub.com. That's tom at w5kilouniformbravo.com. We'd love to hear from you. And... Uh, Tell us how you're hearing the station tonight. Uh, Bill says he has a Zoom link, but it would not work without a password. That was no password yeah, required. Tim got in here with the same link. No, no, no. You know, we've got a couple other people in here got with the same link. So I don't, I don't know why Bill has trouble getting in. I'm we, wondering if it's because it breaks the line or something, and he only. Copy and paste half or something. You know, I, I don't know, but uh, if you, usually if you click on a link, you don't need a password. So uh, we'll have to check yeah. into that with Bill and find out what's uh, what's going so on I just there. clicked the link and tonight and got directly in. He, in fact, Bill, I saw Bill joining in on. Uh, he got it, in, early. but apparently it wouldn't connect on his end without oh, really? the password or something. Mm. Okay. Well, guys, thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in tonight and being with us. And um, uh, we think uh, 
Uh, well, we got we got uh, Australia in here with us tonight. Colin down in VK5 land is with us. So, uh, hey, our internet signal is making it all the way down under tonight. <laughs> Hopefully, we're coming in good down there in uh, Australia. <clears throat> I'm gonna say good night to everybody. Hopefully, next week uh, Katie will be back with us. I think she'll be back. Uh, Alan, hopefully, will be back with us. Uh, Bill Brown, haven't seen Bill tonight. He, I think he was going up to Ohio to his father's home and doing some cleaning out or something. I don't know. So, yeah, there we we got Mike uh, Hoffman. Mike is joining us here. Let's just get Mike in here. Let's see if Mike can get in here. Hey, Mike, uh, how you doing? I thought you were going to bed, Mike. I don't hear. I don't hear you, Mike. Uh, it's He's connected. still connecting. Yeah. There he is. Mike, I thought you were going to bed. Un unmute your mic. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I figured I'd give you a quick test, but I saw Bill couldn't get in, so I figured I wasn't going to check in because it was getting late, but uh, I just figured I'd, I'd click the link to see if it worked for me. Yeah, yeah, okay, well, great. Hey, uh, are you on Eastern Time? Yep, it's going on 11, 10.55 almost. Yeah, 11. yeah, you know, I... <laughs> And I feel sorry for uh, like Alan. I know when he he had, had, when our show's over, he has to run. It's it's late here. When I was last week, we were in North Carolina, Eastern Time, and I could see the crunch. I could I could feel the pressure of the show going into eleven o'clock here. You know when it it was ten, no wait wait a minute eleven o'clock yeah eleven o'clock there ten o'clock here so that that's getting pretty late. Well, I I've got the right time because it's it's Eastern Time is right. You're an hour behind, so you're behind. You're, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's early here. I mean, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean that's my thing is I have to get up at five for work on Tuesday, and Wednesday I work from home, so I get to sleep in a little bit. But you know, by by the time ten o'clock rolls around, I'm you know fighting the cats for the bed. All right, so look, we've got we've got Colin in here from Australia, in here right now, and it's already tomorrow there. It's Wednesday there at one twenty-five. Now I don't know how to get these. I don't know how to get these half-hour time zones. Well, but, you know what he needs to do is he needs to give us the winning lottery numbers. That's right. Wednesday now. That's what I was going to say. Is there I anything? Tried, I tried that with a guy when I was talking to in New Zealand via Echolink a couple years ago. I, I said. Well, you're already 16 hours ahead of us. I said, just like Benson, why don't you tell me what the lottery numbers are for today so I can go get tickets? That's right. Yeah. That's right, I mean, man. that 700 million would have been nice. I'd have, I'd have bought he, a couple new radios. He is in the future already. He's in the future, and we're in the past. No, wait, yeah. we're in the present. We're in the present. We're not in the past yet. No, I'm in Mississippi. I'm in the past. You're in the past down here, yeah. So he, he, he's in the future, man. He's in the future. And you cross that state line, and it's turned your watch back 10 years. Well, yeah, it, it does, man. It really does. All right. Good weather up here. At least, at least it's not snowing up here in the UPS. Well, it's, it's coming. You'll, you'll it's get coming. somewhere. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be there. We'll be long on that snowblower. Yeah. And it, I tell you what, yep, yeah, I, I, you know, 
I hate cold weather now at my age. I hate cold weather and I hate hot weather. So I don't know what to do, man. Oh, this is my favorite time of year. Yeah, I right love, now. It's it's pretty fall, nice right now. I love the winter. Pretty nice. You know, I, I tell you, man. Cold. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I can take it this winter, man. When we get that eighth inch of snow out there, it's. I don't know what I'm gonna do, man. I. <laughs> I guess I just stay. I. I'll stay in. Hopefully, my generator was gonna kick on and run. Uh, oh, we get that eighth inch, and I set the camera out in the front yard with the tripod to watch up and down the hill. Yeah, yeah. It's, I love watching them try to. Met. My hill is sloped just enough. That you're going to get three quarters of the way up, and you think you're going to make it. You can see the, the peak, and then you lose traction, and you slide all the way down. And I would say one out of ten makes it. Yeah. I get a kick out of watching you guys when you they, when they talk about a couple of inches of snow coming, and everybody goes in the, in the panic mode. They don't know how to drive. They're pumping up. Couple Three inches. Of snow oh man, we all man, we oh man, that'd be a disaster to get a couple inches of snow. Six yeah. inches, we consider it dusty. Then we just go from yeah. there. Yeah, we get a warning that it's going to be a 12, 18 inches of snow. We don't worry about it. We just put the car in four wheel drive. We just go, and our plows here clear the road. And if there's, if it's going to be a major blizzard, well, you guys down there in South, you get those tornadoes and those. You know, look at Mississippi. They tell everybody to. Don't ever evacuate. You know, storms, hurricanes coming. Here, yeah. They just tell us, was it going to be a bad weather blizzard? Stay home. Yeah. Put, I was in Minnesota. In the fire, have enough logs for the fire and beer in the cooler. And we're all set. Yeah. I was in Minnesota back, oh gosh, 20 something years ago. And uh, was up there for some training. And they let us out early to get to our flights. Because a blizzard was on its way, and I'm out out there on the highway, and I mean, it was like beach sand. It wasn't sticky snow. It was that beach sand stuff, and, you know, made it to my flight, and literally, we got off the ground and was turning out from the airport. You look back, and they shut the lights off on the runway. We were the Mm -hmm. last flight out of town, and you know, when they closed the Minneapolis airport, it's bad. Yep. Well, I you know, Glenn, hey, maybe we're going to open up a business to sell, like, snow plows and stuff. You know, nobody down here owns one. Nobody owns one. No, they don't have snow plows. You know, they they think that fluid, salty stuff they put on the roads is going to work. And that that works until it melts and washes it all off, and then it refreezes, and it's like an ice rink. Yeah, I just get my snowblower out, and we just we use that up and clear the driveway. Or we, we got a thing up here we call a Uper scooper. A uh, uh, Uper scooper? A Uper scooper, yeah. All right. Just, just you hold it by hand. It's got your scoop on the front of it. You push it in and haul the stone, drag it off, and pull it. <laughs> I got one of those hanging out in the garage for the last 30 years. haven't used it in 30-some years. but it's Now, you know what I do when it snows? I sit inside with a cup of hot chocolate watching the cars trying to get up the hill. Yeah, yeah. I'm nice and warm watching. You know, I mean, that's better than TV. I don't care if the power goes out. There's a car trying to get up my hill every 20 minutes. Yeah. There, there is not a mailbox alive at the end of that storm. <laughs> All right, guys. I want to say good night to everybody. I got to get out of here.
I'm thinking about some kind of snack or something, maybe a little TV. PJ, time for your peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah, something, you know, this is Friday night for me now, tomorrow's Saturday. I was late getting in because I had to finish my bowl of ice cream before I talked to you guys. Oh, man, let me tell you, hey, let me tell you. You didn't want to bring enough for all of us. Let me tell you what I've been eating lately, man. You You take a big old Hostess cupcake and throw it in a bowl and you put ice cream all around it. You know, man, that is just really good. Do you want to know what I've been eating? You know, cardboard is better than yeah, the stuff I've well, been eating. I need to start eating that myself. Good night, guys. See you next All week. Right. Enjoyed it. Uh, Same three to everybody. Enjoyed gotcha. it. Hey, take care, guys. All, All right. right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.